I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. New warnings now coming from the FBI saying terrorism threat has hit, quote, a whole other level after the Hamas attack. Now, I'm going to let you hear what Director Ray said to Congress as he was testifying. But before we get to that, I want you to understand some of the politics of this. Okay, first off, let's just talk about the reality of the situation. When this terror attack happened in Israel, Is it like a bunch of people decided to break into America on the day that happened or the day after? Not likely. What that means is the terror threat in this country is actually coming from threats that are already in this country. That means that the FBI and the Biden administration completely dropped the ball knowing that they were putting American lives at risk by having a wide open southern border. They also had moments where they could have gotten their heads out of their AWSs. How do we know this? Because the Border Patrol was warning and was actually catching and arresting known terrorists on the FBI terrorist watch list. They also had other warnings. The influx of people coming in from terrorist nations or nations with ties to terrorism were also skyrocketing. And the number of people that they caught that were on the terrorist watch list this year alone are more than the last five years combined of those on the terrorist watch list that have gotten caught coming across the southern border. The point is this. Before this attack happened, on Israel, their 9-11. The FBI 
And the Border Patrol and Mayorkas and Biden and Harris all knew that there was a threat level coming across the southern border. The idea now that the FBI has gotten their head out of their AWS and is saying that the terrorism threat has hit a whole other level after the Hamas attack is completely misleading the American people on the reality of the situation. Now, after 9-11, I'll give you an example. Was there a higher level of concern that there could be copycats and also other attacks that were planned? Yes. In fact, we thwarted many of those attacks by getting good intel from terrorists that we were capturing in Afghanistan and Iraq. There was also attacks like the the bomber that w- that didn't happen, thank the Lord, at Times Square. There was the attack that was supposed to happen on the sphere in Seattle. There were other attacks that were supposed to happen on tunnels and bridges that we were able to thwart because we started looking at the world differently. That obviously happens after a terror attack. But the way that the FBI is phase it, phrasing this, the way that they're spinning this is that They didn't drop the ball at all before the attack by Hamas on Israel. It is now all of a sudden elevated concern because of that attack. That is BS you're being lied to. They knew that there was an elevated risk of terrorist attacks in the United States of America in the interior because of the open southern border. I want you to hear Director Ray. This is what he testified before Congress. Listen carefully to the words that he uses. But as I said a few moments ago, on top of the homegrown violent extremists and domestic violent extremist threat, we also cannot and do not discount the possibility that Hamas or another foreign terrorist organization may exploit the current conflict to conduct attacks here on our own soil. We have kept our sights on Hamas and have multiple ongoing investigations into individuals affiliated with that foreign terrorist organization. So this is the FBI director almost acting as if this is something that he just learned about, that this is a caution to you that the terrorist threat against the United States of America has reached, quote, a whole other level after the Hamas attack on Israel. That's not true. We have had, I promise you, the same level of, of, of attack and fear of an attack based on what we know before this attack on Israel by Hamas. And what Ray is telling Congress is he's saying, hey, look, the big players in terrorism have all renewed calls to attack America and its interests. Those attacks were there before the attack on Israel. It's almost like they're now saying, okay, we can blame the next terror attack on terrorists and say, well, this is what just happened in Israel, so it's no surprise they're trying to do it here. And you can't really blame us for the last three years of letting terrorists in this country with a wide open southern border. Why do I say that? Look at what else he said. He said the level of threats has heightened since President Biden took office. Though U.S. law enforcement is better prepared to deal with them, saying, quote, the reality is that the terrorism threat has been elevated throughout 2023. So before the Hamas attack, right, for the nine months before this, he said then, quote, but the ongoing war in the Middle East has raised a threat of attack on Americans to a whole other level. Now, 
When he said the reality is that the terrorism threat has been elevated throughout 2023, we knew that. They refused to admit it, but we knew that. They refused to admit that they had let countless terrorists come across our southern border. Now, there's also another aspect of this, and we've talked about this a lot, but for you guys that may be new to the show uh, or may have have missed that, the, the other show we talked about this, the number of illegal immigrants that come across the border who are more than happy to seek out border patrol and law enforcement is a very high number. They understand now, legal immigrants, I'm talking about traditional legal immigrants that are coming across the border. They understand that if they can get to America and find Border Patrol, that their life is going to be great. They're going to get a phone. They're going to get uh, food. They're going to get shelter. They're going to get a plane ticket, a bus ticket. They're going to get to go where they eventually want to go. Like, it's a no-brainer, okay? Like, it's a complete no-brainer for them. Then there are the gotaways. And those are the people you have to worry about, the people that are trying to get across the border that do not want to come in contract with law enforcement, with Border Patrol agents. Many of those people know that if they're caught, they're going to be arrested and deported back to their country because they have a background in criminal activity or you're on a terrorist watch list. So if you're a rapist, if you're a murderer, child molester or terrorist, you want to become a gotaway. You want to become a person that comes to this country illegally and is not caught breaking into this country. You're not going to turn yourself into Border Patrol. You're not going to turn yourself into the authorities. Knowing that the system is broken, they're actually going to help you stay in America. And so these terrorists that we did catch that are 5x more than the last five years combined, right? That's how fast they're coming across and we're catching them. How many illegal immigrants that are on the terrorist watch list came across and did not get caught? That is the question this administration cannot answer. But what we know is this year alone, more people on the terrorist watch list have come across the southern border than the last five years combined. That is a fact from the Biden administration. So when he says the reality is that the terrorism threat has been elevated throughout 2023, he's right. Director Ray's right. It was also elevated in 2022 and 2021 when the number of terrorists on the watch list that were being caught was skyrocketing compared to where the numbers were under Donald Trump because Donald Trump actually had a secure border. The Biden policies and the Biden administration went in the complete opposite direction of that. They said, whatever they're doing, screw them. We refuse to do it. For 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. And when I say the only one, I mean it. They're the only one. They make a huge difference every time that you pay your bill because they actually give back to conservative causes and organizations to help you stand up for what you believe in. While you're paying a bill, you're going to have anyways. This is the part that I love about Patriot Mobile. They're making a difference every time you pay your bill, every time you make a phone call, every time that you send a text message. Patriot Mobile actually gives money back to protect First and Second Amendment rights, to protect the lives of unborn children. And that's what they're doing right now as they celebrate their 10th anniversary. If you switch right now to Patriot Mobile, they are going to give a donation to help protect life and to help mothers choose life to an organization that does everything they can to protect 
the lives of unborn children. Then every month when you pay your bill, they're going to continue to support the causes that I just mentioned. And this is exactly why you need to make the switch. If you're tired of woke companies, switch your cell phone to Patriot Mobile. Whether you are a business, a small business, or just a family, you can switch and they make switching easy. They have a 100% U.S.-based call center, making switching extremely easy. You're going to get nationwide coverage, unlimited talk and text, and usually save real money on your bill. 972-PATRIOT. It's 972-PATRIOT. 972-PATRIOT. Or go online to patriotmobile.com slash Ben. That's patriotmobile.com slash Ben or 972-PATRIOT. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's also something else that Director Ray said, and I think it's accurate, but it's also another part of read between uh, the lines and also read the fine print of what he actually testified. And it deals with who is the threat. They're trying to blame Hamas, okay, as the reason for the uptick and the threat to this country. That's not really who you should be blaming. And if you look at what he said, he agrees with me. Director Ray testified that, and he said, Al-Qaeda has issued its most specific call for attacks on the U.S. in years. Islamic State leaders have ordered followers to attack Jewish communities, and Hezbollah is eyeing U.S. targets in the Middle East. So Hezbollah and Hamas, right? They're, these are the two arms of, of basically Iran that are anti-Jew and want to push the Jews in the sea, the sea, want to kill every Jewish person in the Middle East. They're focusing more on Middle Eastern targets, not American targets in this country. Soft targets in America. What Director Ray just said is, hey, look, we're worried now about al-Qaeda in America. Al-Qaeda. Remember Al-Qaeda, the same group that Donald Trump decided that we would take out and ISIS that we would take out, that now for the last three years they've been able to do whatever the hell they want to, including quite possibly coming into the United States of America. The same Al-Qaeda that we gave safe haven to back in Afghanistan when we thought it would be a good idea to get rid of an American air base in Afghanistan and Bagram. 
when we said we're going to pull out every troop and we're going to take orders from terrorists and from from, from you know Al Qaeda basically and allow them to kill our soldiers with suicide bombs at that airport and leave people behind to be butchered and tortured and beheaded that helped American citizens because we decided we would hand over that country back to the terrorists in the Taliban. And guess what Director Ray said? He said Al-Qaeda, not Hamas, Al-Qaeda has issued the most specific calls for attacks on the U.S. in years. Should you be concerned? Absolutely. You should be concerned for multiple reasons. Mr. Ray, by the way, was testifying to the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee, uh, and he said at the time that the greatest threat that the U- to the U.S. homeland remains lone actors or, and again, this is where you have to read the fine print, small cells of radicalized people using readily available weapons to attack soft targets. All right, so let's let's look at the first part. Yes, lone actors and lone wolves have always been a concern. The one-man band that does something crazy, goes into a movie theater, shoots people up, runs over people with a truck or a van or an 18-wheeler, whatever it may be at a festival. Those lone wolves are the re- are really hard to catch, okay, because there's not a lot of chatter, there's not a lot of organization involved that they would be discussing with someone else. It's really hard to catch those lone wolves. The other thing, though, that he said, he said, we're also concerned about small cells of radicalized people. So what is a small cell? Let's I mean, we need to really dissect that and explain exactly what the definition of a small cell is. A small cell is a group of people, not in the hundreds, but in the, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 that plan a massive attack. Do you know what a small cell was? 9-11. 9-11 was a small cell attack. You had not that many people get into America, then get on planes, then hijack those planes, and then they killed countless or thousands of Americans and changed the world in my generation forever. That would be what you would refer to as a small cell attack. Al-Qaeda, by the way, has learned a lot from just... The war after 9-11. They understand how we monitor. They understand what we do with, you know, the multiple spying agencies. They understand how to get around some of the uh, of the laws that put restraints on us and spying, etc. They understand what happened with the Patriot Act. They have people that come to this country that are educated in this country and go back to the Middle East and then work for the terrorist organization. Many of the top people in Al-Qaeda studied in the West. A lot of people don't remember that. If you look at the people that helped plan 9-11, you look at the people in the deck of cards, for example, in Iraq, you look at the leadership under Osama bin Laden. Many of them were Westernized individuals who came and studied in America. Many of the bin Laden family studied in America. These 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 radicals are are, are not successful because they're stupid they are successful because many times they're incredibly intelligent people who came to america and studied in america and then went home to fight their jihad when he says that his concern is small cells of radicalized people it's very easy when you're dealing with you know 10 million 12 million 8 million 3 million 400,000 here 10,000 a night coming across the border Is it that hard to put a small cell together? Is it really that difficult 
to think of a scenario where over the last three years, when you have more people that have come across the border in the last three years under the Biden administration than the entire population of 30 plus states in America. We talked about this on the podcast yesterday. If you missed it, go back and listen to it. But there is new attacks on the Biden administration for for having more illegal immigrants come into this country than the population of 30 plus different states in America. How hard would it be to get three or five or eight or 10 or 12 or 15 terrorists into this country across the southern border? How hard would that be? Number one. Number two, if you have an open border and they're getting in here and they're under the gotaways, which there are millions of those, and they commit another terrorist attack, whose fault is it that this terrorist attack happened? There's no doubt in my mind that this is a problem because the Biden administration, again, they're going to try to blame this on Hamas. I want to be clear. They're going to try to blame this on this attack there. All of the threat that we have right now happened long before the attack on Israel by Hamas. They said that the threat from the Middle East, which declined in recent years, again occupies a more prominent place on their radar, referring to the FBI director. They also said groups such as al-Qaeda, which carried out the September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks in the U.S., have less operational capacity now, but are seeking to use the Hamas attack on Israel as a chance to rebuild and recruit. The threat to Jewish communities, they say, in the U.S. is particularly pronounced. Mr. Ray said, even before the Hamas attack, Jewish victims accounted for 60% of religious-based hate crimes. And Jewish victims accounted for 60% of religious-based hate crimes. FBI Director Ray said the rate of attacks has likely increased since October the 7th. The number of anti-Muslim hate crimes, he said, is quite a bit similar. Now, his statement contrasted with a growing trend of quote-unquote both sides arguments about threats to Muslims and Arab communities as well as Jews. Mr. Ray said Jewish communities are victimized by pretty much every terrorist organization across the spectrum. He is absolutely right. He said, quote, this is a group that has the outrageous distinction of being unequally targeted and they need our help. All right, so if they need our help, then here's a simple question to the president. Why aren't you enforcing the sanctions on Iran? Because Iran is the one that is financing 80%, we've been told, of Hamas's budget, period. I want to play for you something else that just happened at the southern border. And this is just another example of how dangerous things have gotten with an open border when it relates to terrorism. Griff Jenkins, Fox News Channel, reporting this about two different Iranians that were caught coming across the southern border with direct ties to terrorism. Listen. On these very serious concerns at our border in Eagle Pass, Texas. Hi, Griff. That's right. Good afternoon, Martha. And you talk about the terrorist screening database, the terror watch list, as it's referred to. CBP sources confirmed to Fox News that in the first 14 days of this fiscal year, which began on October 1st, there have been at least two known instances of Iranian migrants being apprehended who hit that terror watch list, meaning they potentially have ties to terrorism and could potentially pose a serious national security risk to the homeland. You're looking live 
live now from our drone, a group of about 50 migrants that have arrived here. Literally, Martha, just in the last 15 or 20 minutes, they'll be processed by the agents. And under that bridge, we are watching these migrants being processed. This is 90% of this Border Patrol workforce shift. And that leaves 50 to 60 miles of this border area along the Rio Grande River unpatrolled because all of the agents have to process these migrants. Now, on Sunday morning, around 3 a.m., another Iranian migrant was apprehended right where we are, along with, on Thursday evening, two Lebanese men in their 20s. Those are all special interest aliens. They undergo heavy scrutiny, but the reality is we don't fully know who they are because we don't have intelligence sharing operations with those countries. Finally, I'll leave you with the numbers we've had in these first 14 days. You mentioned more than 30 Iranians, nearly 60 Syrians, 35 from Pakistan, more than 285 from Afghanistan, and nearly 2,000 Chinese migrants. I play that to just remind you again. The statements that are coming out of this White House with Director Ray and, and him coming out and him saying, yes, we've got a major problem now. Yes, we have a, a, a terrorism threat hits a whole other level. To be clear, this is not directly tied to Hamas. This is the consequence of having a three-year open border. And he's saying that the number one threat isn't Hamas, right, which is dealing with Israel. And Israel's attacking right now in Gaza. That has nothing to do with our number one threat, which he says is Al-Qaeda. Understand you are being misled at best. You're being flat out lied to is the reality of the situation. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, there's something else I also want to get you an update on. It deals with the Biden crime family real quick. I am going to have more on this in the next couple of days, so do not miss a show. But I want to give you the, the, the basics of what I've just been briefed on by someone in Congress. Apparently, President Joe Biden has another receipt of another loan repayment from family members after he left the vice presidency is raising new questions for the House impeachment inquiry to investigate. The questions are based on a revelation on Wednesday from the House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer 
that Joe Biden received $40,000 in laundered, his words, quote-unquote, laundered CEFC, China Energy Company money in 2017, according to Comer, from the account of his brother, James Biden, and sister-in-law, Sarah Biden, once again in the form of a personal check labeled as, you guessed it, loan repayment. The same exact memo line as that $200,000 check that hit their account as well. Now, this discovery is the second instance Joe Biden personally accepted a suspicious personal check from his brother, James Biden, who was involved in the Biden family ventures. The revelation is fueling new concerns that Joe Biden, quote, could be compromised and further supports the impeachment inquiry into the president. For example, the questions they're asking now are this, quote, how many loans did Joe Biden provide to James Biden and when? Number two, did Joe Biden provide loans to other family members, including his son, Hunter? Number three, what was the purpose of each loan? And were any executed while he was serving as vice president or in the Senate? And number four, has Joe Biden continued to loan money to James Biden or any other family members while he's been the sitting president of the United States of America? Now, the White House's immediate response to this new loan payment on Wednesday to Joe Biden and this receipt again of a, you know, in the memo line, loan repayment was to echo an article by the messenger that alleges the loans were, quote, short-term. The White House spokesman, Ian Sam, said, this is not a big deal. This is just lies and conspiracy theories from conservatives about the loans and the repayments. Now, the White House also, let me just remind you, maintains that that first check for 200000 was not due to a pre-existing business relationship. James Biden insisted the money was a return payment for money that Joe Biden had lent him. Last week, James Comer demanded Joe Biden provide applicable loan documents and IRS filings regarding the $200,000 loan repayment that James Biden claims he repaid Joe in 2018. Quote, it's certainly plausible that this payment where James and Sarah use funds from China was indeed a loan repayment to Joe, Comer said, rebutting the White House's claims that it was just, you know, like some sort of random short-term loan. He then went on to say, but even if this $40,000 check was a loan repayment from James Biden, it still shows how Joe benefited from his family chasing and cashing in on his name with money from China, no less. Now, Comer vowed to continue investigating the Bidens. Evidence unearthed against Joe Biden is growing, he says. Evidence is here and here again. It is all over the place, showing that now direct payments were coming from the Biden family members back into the bank accounts of President Joe Biden. Now, this also shows how the business ran things. And this is part of what I think people need to really understand They had this as a shell company, a shell game, money laundering. This is how you do it. 
This also, by the way, really explains the over, what was it, 100, 150 suspicious activity reports from banks who were throwing up red flags saying that these bank accounts connected to the Biden family and their LLCs were shady as hell and where the money was coming from was shady as hell. That's why you fill out those suspicious activity reports. There were more than 100, I think it was 150, that were directly connected to the Biden crime family. Well, when you have these lump sums that are coming in an LLC and then going right back out to the president or then the vice president with loan repayment on the check, there were alarms going off in every bank where the Bidens were doing business. And what happened once they turned it in? The federal government said no issues here because we see the name Biden on those checks. No one else could get away with what the Biden crime family has been getting away with and quite possibly is still doing it right now. Look at what we know that they're doing right now. We know that Hunter Biden's still selling paintings for some of them upwards of a half a million dollars to people that they won't even disclose the identities of. We know that some of those paintings have gone back to China. If you want to bribe the Bidens, is all you have to do is buy a $100,000, $500,000 painting from a crackhead. This is another way of money laundering and bribing and paying off what you owe the Biden crime family. We also know from the text messages to CEFC and the chairman that you better send your money to us now. And five different times that my father's sitting next to me and give me my money. I want my millions. And sure enough, what happened? Within days of that text message, the millions came in. The same thing happened with Burisma. The list goes on and on. I will keep you updated on this story. I can promise you that. Make sure you share this podcast wherever you are on social media. Write us a five-star review, and I'll keep you updated on this story. See you back here tomorrow. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. 
Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 